Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Yes, indeed, it is time for Critical Thinking. Andrew Coppins, Pat O'Neill, alongside you on this Fish Fry Friday edition of the show. We have an absolutely jam-packed show, right, Pat? Like, like to the point where we're just going to get down to the brass tacks. You know we're going to give you a Richard of the Week. We're going to do the B or not the B. We're going to give you our best and worst of the week, and we're going to throw the rest of the insanity into the fryer. With all of that being said, before we get into the meat of the show, please download, rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whatever that is. Uh, we generally and genuinely appreciate that. And of course, you can watch the show on Rumble, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Hit that subscribe button. Join the critical thinking locals community as well. Um, we're we're trying to think about how we want to do that community and kind of revamp it a little bit heading into 2023. Um, but join us over there. Um, you're going to find some really cool stuff uh, going on. And uh, do not forget, you can follow us on social media. I'm at the Coppin Show. He is at the Padoni Show. The reason why we're rushing through the beginning of this show, very, very simple. We have an absolutely amazing guest coming on and joining us right now. Let's bring him on. Congressman of Texas, Chip Roy, one of the thought leaders in the Republican caucus within Congress. And uh, we're going to have him join us and talk to us in regards to his Stand Up for America plan, which we have uh, reviewed, if you will, on this program before. But let's go ahead and bring on the congressman. All right. First off, thank you so much to congressperson, congressman, uh, Chip Roy from Texas, joining us on the line right now. First off, how are you doing? Um, I know it's an interesting time heading into election season for everybody in Congress. How are things going for you? 
Well, we're doing great. Um, as we speak, I'm driving around the district I represent, Central Texas, which is just a little west, southwest of Austin, um, you know, between Austin, San Antonio, out in what we call the Hill Country. And we've got, uh, you know, a lot of energy and enthusiasm out there to, uh, you know, make sure that we hold the line and stand up against uh, the radical policies of this current administration and try to preserve and protect Texas with wide open borders and, and things that you can't even quite frankly put into words. But we're out working it hard. All right. And, and that's what we love to hear. Now, the reason why we have you on the program, we talked about this in the open a little bit, is um, you have put a plan out. And we're a show, Critical Thinking. We like to critically think through the news and views. But we also like to know that we have Congress people and we've got leaders inside Republican and Libertarian circles who are actually willing to not just give us platitudes, but give us plans, give us concrete things that we can look at and think through. And you did just that with the Stand Up for America plan um, and pledge, really, uh, to your congressional district to Stand Up for America, fighting to restore common sense and responsible spending, uh, freedom through government based upon the consent of the governed, not corporate crony interest, and a sovereign nation secure from both the tyranny of the authoritarian state and the vulnerable cre uh, vulnerability created by open borders and a woke, overextended military. Um, so thank you for putting that plan out, first of all. What was the inspiration for this? Well, I believe you need to be very honest with the people that you represent. I believe you need to put forward something that uh, that they can get behind and then hold you accountable to. I think you should do what you said you would do when you're in D.C., you said, use the phrase platitudes. I can't stand those. Um, and you get a lot of that. Like, give me an example. You're going to, you hear a lot of politicians say, well, I'm for, you know, cutting spending. I'm for a balanced budget amendment. Well, look, I'm sure I'm for a balanced budget amendment. I'll vote for it. But is it going to pass anytime soon? No, that can't be your, your only tool that you're willing to pull out in order to stop the reckless spending that's destroying the future of our kids and grandkids. We can save this country with the tools in front of us. And so I wanted to lay out a plan for that. And, and look, when you've got a government led by an administration that is engaged in reckless, dangerous, inflationary spending, you ought to react to that by saying that you will freeze spending, go back to the pre-COVID disastrous levels, and lay out a 10-year balanced budget. So that's what I say. If you have an administration that's, frankly, at war with its own people, making them endangered as a result of uh, policies of wide open borders, then I think you ought to put in writing that you will use the power of the purse to stop that and to demand that we secure the border. If your FBI is going after your citizenry, like the pro-life father in Pennsylvania or the, the father in Virginia who challenged the school board because his daughter was abused in a, in a high school, I, I think you ought to challenge that and put that out there and say, yeah, I'm not going to just keep allowing tax dollars to be used to target Americans. So I laid out that plan to say, hey, there's some emergency items that we ought to use the power of the purse to stop. And then we ought to put forward an agenda the American people get behind, which is just common sense, right? We want to have safe streets, secure borders, sovereign nations, only spend money that we have, stop driving up inflation with crazy policies, have energy, reliable grid, um, a strong military that doesn't have woke policies destroying it. These are the things the American people want, so I put it in writing. You know, I, I I really like what you said there. This is uh, Pat Oney, by the way. I'm the one actually uh, got in touch with you on Twitter and uh, got in touch with your people over here to get you on the show today. But um, 
I, I was looking through this and I appreciate everything that you're saying. And I, I fully back that up. My, my issue with this is while we have that, we have a, a, a plan in place, we have the how in place, but when you have Democrats and you have establishment Republicans like uh, Kevin McCarthy and Ditch McConnell in the Senate, who I wouldn't trust as far as I could throw them, how do we expect to get these kinds of things passed within Congress, let alone to the uh, desk of, of the president to, to put into law? So the, the answer there is actually what I laid out in the, in the plan. Okay. The first thing it was, it was a three-step plan. Step one, free spending, stop giving blank checks. The second part of that is then the, the, the specific fight, and that's the, to answer your question. You have to use the power of the purse. It doesn't matter. You're right. If you get to the step three, I said pass bills that will inspire the American people and lay down a very specific plan of where we want to take the country. But the Senate's not going to pass it, and the president's not going to sign it. But what we can do, and that's step two, that's the emergency item, right? Wide open borders an abusive authoritarian state, public health apparatus, NIH, CDC, FDA, the FBI, IRS, 85,000 agents, um, all of those things targeting the American people, an energy uh, grid that's weakened, an energy policy driving up the cost of gas, all to pursue a woke agenda. Uh, Those things are things that we can stop by saying, look, Mr. President, we're not going to give you a blank check. We're going to fund government with these requirements you will secure the border. And here's how. You will not go hire 85,000 new IRS personnel to go after the American people, right? We can do that. You know why? Because we're Congress. We're Article One. The founders gave us that power. My good friend Mike Lee is one of the best at talking about constitutional issues. And I'm proud to serve with Mike Lee, by the way. I'm proud that Utah sends Mike Lee to Washington to stand up for the people. Mike believes in the Constitution like I do. We introduced the Article One Act together, under President Trump, by the way, to -hmm. demand that we pull back power from the executive branch. Mike and I uh, sent a letter just this last week questioning the abusive use of the FACE Act uh, to target parents like the dad in uh, Philadelphia because he dares goes to an abortion clinic. There are a lot of things like that where if we follow the Constitution and we demand that we adhere to it and check the executive branch, including the power of the purse, Federalist 58, James Madison, he said it's the most effective tool you can give to the people, the power of the purse in the House of Representatives. So we should use it. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that, especially because you take a look at the potential for the Republican Party to really kind of not just narrowly win in in the uh, 2022 midterm election here, but potentially have a 35, 38 seat um, advantage. There's a lot that can be done in terms of of controlling the the purse. And one of them that you had mentioned here is the ending of COVID tyranny, ending the vaccine mandates, eliminating the um, emergency powers abuses. And and we've seen that from the CDC. We've seen it from um, the White House and and Joe Biden and some of the executive orders. Um, the abuse of of our military. Um, you know the story of the the individual in Florida, the Coast Guard person who bravely rescued people um, in the aftermath of Hurricane Ian, um, going to be be dishonorably discharged, right? Um, going to be taken away because he doesn't want 
to get the vaccine. Um, in that vein, though, as we look at the information that just came out in Europe and in Pfizer, um, where they talked about not even testing for immunity, um, can you talk to us about something that Congress may be able to do to hold those people and the government accountable? Because as far as I remember, uh, Congress and the White House uh, and Senate gave an immunity to these companies from prosecution on civil or criminal charges. And for me, I look at what they just admitted as a material breach of that immunity deal. Um, is that something that you guys would be looking at heading into 2023? So without question, one of the most important things we need to do, besides what I just articulated about using the power of the purse to check an executive branch that is out of control in all the ways I just outlined, the border, the energy, the public health apparatus, the FBI, um, IRS agents. We also must have very specific oversight. I believe we should have something akin to the church committee type style oversight, which was done in the 70s against uh, a lot of the abuse of power. I believe we need that here across multiple agencies focused on the public health apparatus. You just articulated the FBI. Uh, and other uh, DHS, frankly, an abuse of power. Specific to the public health question, which you rightly highlighted, and it was very in you're, you're very informed about it, uh, this recent revelation about what we saw with the European uh, Union Parliament, uh, where it was very clear uh, what's actually happening here in terms of the uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies and, and what, what we now know about the vaccines and the extent to which they were not actually fully tested, uh, the extent to which they have been then administered to people under, frankly, mandates, uh, under the false idea that it was any meaningful way or even at all a limiting transmission. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. Let's be very honest. It was very specific. And as a result, our children were put in the corners. They were made to wear masks. Our schools were shut down. Our economies were shut down. Lives were ruined businesses were destroyed. We ended up having many members of our military, Coast Guard, like you point out, Border Patrol, other authorities who have lost their jobs because they didn't think it was in their best interest. And I think often now the evidence is saying wisely so, to take an experimental vaccine under mandate while Pfizer and Moderna pocket $93 billion, that's with a B, $93 billion under the threat and the power of government. Yeah, you, you, you absolutely are correct that we should have hearings, we should expose it, and then we should take steps to make sure it doesn't happen again. And there's another piece to this. I'm sorry to filibuster. I'll stop talking. This is a problem of big health care. This goes beyond just the public health debacle, but it's a bigger, it's a symptom of a bigger problem of government mandated insurance run health care. You have to go to an insurance company to choose your doctor. You have to go to an insurance company to get permission. You have to follow some government mandates and edicts. And you you know what you get for the pleasure? $22,500 in your insurance premiums to have a $7,500 deductible so you can have a handful of doctors they approve and you, you, you're you dealing with 24% increase in insurance premiums in the last year. That's unacceptable and we need to change that. Yeah, 100%. And Pat, I know you've got some questions too here, so I'll, I'll throw it over to you. Sure. So um, with 
with uh, the election coming up, and un- obviously, I, I, I honestly believe Republicans are going to well take the House in 2023 and likely the Senate as well. Uh, what, first of all, what is your uh, timeline to, to put your plan into place? And what's, what's next for you? So I, I think I think I heard that question. It was a little fuzzy, but I, I think the question was, what is the timeline, depending on what happens with the election, about putting a, a plan in place to take action? Correct. 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 Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so the first step, obviously, not to get ahead of ourselves, is make sure we've got the right people in place between now and November 8th. Right. And I know you know that. And we we're sort of accepting that premise. But it does matter. Right. I do think we'll win the House. But the question is how many seats. I think the Senate is a 50 50 call. Every Senate seat is going to matter. Mm-hmm. Adam Laxalt down in Nevada. Mike Lee's there in Utah. Uh, we've got races that we need to show up and make sure we have the right solid conservatives in Washington. It's important that we do that. Uh, but, but then to your question, we will immediately on November 9th, I know I'm heading to D.C. on the 9th or the 10th to go work with my uh, colleagues to start uh, – Taking what we've already been doing, the work, the plans, the thoughts, we've got what you know, I produced is my commitment to my constituents. It's very public. We have uh, the Freedom Caucus has a lot of stuff we put out in terms of rules, changes that need to occur to make the House respond to the, the rank and file. Mm-hmm. We have the commitment to America by the Republican leadership, which, while very high level, very 50,000 feet, has a lot of good uh, overall direction in the commitment. And we're now working to add meat to that bone. I'm literally a call I've just had and I'm going to have in a couple hours is all about putting meat on the border security zone, right? We've got to take very uh, specific steps in choosing how we're going to conduct oversight. It's complicated. We're playing whack-a-mole with crazy every single day. So what do we highlight for the American people? Is it Fauci and the public health corruption? Is it the FBI and their overreach? Is it a DHS where Secretary Mayorkas literally lied to the American people about the whipping of by Border Patrol agents? Is it highlighting the uh, energy debacle and what's happening in terms of weakening our grid and beholding, make, making us beholden to enemies? There are so many things we could spend countless hours on exposing. We've got to figure out how best to do that with a media that doesn't want to help us. So we're going to work on that. We're going to work on rules changes, and we're going to work on some of these fights. But let me just distill it down to the one most important thing. Stop funding tyranny. That's it. We cannot continue to write blank checks to give bureaucrats the authority <clears throat> to go after us and undermine our well-being. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that's a really great uh, way to approach that because we have talked on this show, um, Congressman uh, Roy, about the purse strings, the power that actually exists in the Constitution. If the Congress would take it back, would suck some of that power back from the executive branch. You could fix a lot of the issues quickly if you could just do that. There seems to be no appetite, uh, at least from the Democratic side. What are you seeing from your colleagues in the appetite to do that work? So, as usual, you used the term establishment earlier. Mm -hmm. There are some very notable establishment members of the House and and certainly the Senate. There are some very obvious establishment members in the Senate. Um, our job over the next couple of months is to, as we work through this and Lord willing, take the House and I hope we pull off the Senate. Our job as conservatives 
is to very rationally, but very uh, resolutely, you know, with clear resolve, lay out the path for doing uh, what needs to be done with respect to the spending restraints to check tyranny. We do not want to accept the premise that Republicans often accept that we will be, quote, blamed for shutdown, that we'll be the obstructionists. Rather, we need to put the onus on Democrats. We need to put forward a plan that funds government the way we believe it should be funded and then go sell that. Let Biden say no to a common sense funding bill. Let the Senate, the Senate reject a common sense Republican-led effort in the House. Let's message it directly to the American people. We're going to fund the government to secure the border. We're going to fund government to restore the FBI to rooting out crime instead of targeting citizens. We're going to restore an energy policy that means that our grids will be functional and we're no longer empowering China, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Venezuela. Like, let's put that out there. Let them reject that. That's the important part to this. We, we, we know what we need to do. Stop spending money we don't have. Put us on a, you know, common sense spending plan like you guys do, like your families do, like every business family in Utah and everywhere else around the country do. And therefore limit inflation by limiting that spending, be responsible, but do the constitutional duties of government, secure the people, secure our communities, make sure that we've got energy. We don't stand in the way of the production of energy and allowing our great American system to produce the best energy, the best health care, and the best goods and services for the American people possible. And I guess one last question before we let you go here for me is is more about trust. Um, I think knowing what we know about what you've put out, how you present yourself, and most importantly, how authentic you have been uh, throughout your time in Congress, I think it's easy to be able to say you're you're a man of I'm going to say what I say and do what I do, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna mean what I say and and say what I mean, and. My question to you is, when we go forward, if Republicans do end up taking the House and the Senate, how do we hold those people in positions of power accountable to stand up and put this type of a plan or something in a framework? How do we hold them accountable for putting action in place? How do we do it? Because we hear it time and again, every election, right? Um, you got to vote GOP to stop this. If you if we just give the GOP the House, if you just give them the Senate, if you just give them the presidency, and then nothing happens. How do we know, how do we change that dynamic? By not being afraid to very specifically call out elected officials when they violate that which they campaigned on, when they violate that promise to do what they said they would do. That's that simple. Let me give you an example. I don't always agree with all of my colleagues in the Texas delegation. You can work personally with them to try to accomplish some objective. You can work together. But when I disagree, I respectfully call them out. When they vote in a way that I think undermines the very thing that they campaigned upon, I'm going to call them out. Even, for example, if it was one of my older old bosses. I worked for both Senator Cruz and Senator Cornyn. Um, I've, I've got some disagreements. and I'm not afraid to call it out. I'm not afraid to call out any of my colleagues, some of my Freedom Caucus colleagues. I wasn't afraid to call out President Trump. You can agree with somebody 80 or 90% of the time. You can still want to go vote for them, support them. But 
You need to call them out when you think they're getting it wrong and not be afraid to do so. I disagreed with some of the uh, decision-making that went in and leading up to January 6th. I was very public about that. We don't have to get into it right now, but Mm -hmm. that's out there. It's very much in the public domain. I disagreed with some of the spending levels under President Trump. I filed the Article 1 Act, like I said a minute ago, with Mike Lee to check the executive branch use of executive power, uh, I'm sorry, emergency power. And so I think that's important. Call it out when you, when you, when you disagree. And so for y'all in Utah, I think, well, if you disagree with something Mike does, call it out. But we need to get Mike elected because he's one of the best. I can't overstate that. When you disagree with Mitt Romney, call it out. Nobody's royalty. Nobody's royalty. And, you know, I, I uh, gave a speech at the University of Virginia about a year ago, almost exactly, uh, in a couple of weeks. It'll be a year ago. It was a defense of Thomas Jefferson. Now, I went to the University of Virginia. He founded the University of Virginia. Jefferson did. So I was there with Rich Lowry. And the, the central theme of my speech was that I wasn't going to be there to defend the man. I didn't know the man. He died 200 years ago. But I was going to defend the ideals. And if he didn't live up to the ideals, and of course he didn't. Why? Because we're all sinners who have fallen short of the glory of God. That's the truth. We're taught that in Romans. We're taught that in our you know, scripture. and the fact is, you know you're going to fall short, but it doesn't mean you don't set the ideal. That's the point. And so when our when our leaders, I'm, I'm you know, I guess one, I don't know, but, you know, senators, all this, mm-hmm. when we put people out there, we need to be held accountable. And we're not on a pedestal. We're not royalty. We're not we're not deity. Right. There is one God. And and we 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 operate with that recognition and knowing that in a free country, in a republic representing the people we're supposed to do that i know it's a long-winded answer but it's important to me it's one of the most important questions you can ask we cannot be afraid to call out our uh, folks even when they're our friends when they get those things wrong yeah and there's no doubt fear has run rampant in this society over the last three five even decade if you will so thank you so much for your time i know you're a very very busy man right now uh between all your uh, duties to your district and and all the election stuff going on. Um, thank you so much for your time today. How can people check out number one your Stand Up for America plan and and follow what you're doing and, and uh, being an authentic member of Congress? So that plan is available on roy.house.gov. That's my official website. It's there. It's in a press release from about a month ago, and you can click on the link and see it. Uh, you can probably Google it. Um, you can go to my Twitter account, uh, uh, Chip Roy, C-H-I-P-R-O-Y-T-X, to follow me on Twitter. Um, or Rep Chip Roy is my official account that my staff is out there putting out news about what we put out and bills and so forth. And, uh, and you know, ChipRoy.com is my official side. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, my political side uh, website, uh, you know, here during the campaign. So, but look, just glad to be on your show. Appreciate it. Appreciate y'all being a voice for conservatism. Uh, in Utah, I will be in Utah this weekend. Looking forward to it. I'm going to be out there helping Mike Lee. Uh, I'll see him on Saturday with a bunch of my uh, other conservative colleagues. We'll be out rallying the troops uh, there, and I uh, hope to be there. Uh, I think for a few days uh, doing stuff throughout the state. So, um, and I know it's a beautiful state, and it's a good time of year to be there. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. God bless. All right. So before we head into the rest of our regularly scheduled programming here on a Friday, first off, thank you so very much to Congressman Chip Roy, Republican of Texas, for joining us and uh, giving his insights and, and, you know, kind of I think he changed a little bit of how or maybe gave a little perspective to what he was trying to accomplish. 
And I wanted to get your thoughts. Did anything change from what you heard from him as to what you think about his plan or or how it uh, is supposed to go down? Because I, I did. I got, oh, he gets it. He it, This isn't about legislation. This is about finding ways for Congress to take its power back. I, I thought that was a very interesting um, perspective on how to go about this. The legislative part is the last part of this plan. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, I mean, I, I always think it's cool when um, someone in office responds to tw- on, on Twitter when you call them out. I mean, he, he talked about holding our, our politicians um, to, to what they campaigned for, what they ran on, mm-hmm. what they promised. And that was all my intent was, was to hold him accountable and just call him out. However, be it respectfully, because I do really respect him. I do respect what he stands for. Um, he came on this program and he more than explained how, because he's talking about using the powers within what Congress already has. That way you don't have to rely on elected positions and elections to mm-hmm. sway agendas one way or the other. And, and the man brought receipts. I, I don't, I I can only name maybe on one hand right now, how many politicians would actually be willing to come on this, a show like this, a small time show like ours. Okay. And be able to bring receipts of how they're actually going to get things done. We've got lots of people speaking platitudes. I mean, the whole thing that Kevin McCarthy released, what, two weeks ago? Oh, my all God. It was, oh, right. it was awful. And and so Chip Roy, I mean, damn, I I respected him before. I have more respect for him now. And I I really hope he is successful with this. I really do. I really, really do. Yeah. And and. You know, I think that the important thing is like the like you said, the receipts, right? Like he's bringing it. And and I think the thing that I loved at the end of this when I challenged him on, okay, well, time and again, we've been bitten by the snake, if you will, right? And why should we put our hand in the cobra den again? Why should we do it? Mm. And his simple answer was, it's on you to hold us accountable. You know, we have to be accountable to you, but you have to hold us to account. And right. and I think the solution to that, like he stated, is voting, um, and and being attentive. And I think that that is the hardest part of our republic, not our democracy. Our republic is that a republic only can work in so much as. You, I, neighbors, everybody else is actively participating in it. And it doesn't mean that you have to be at every meeting. It doesn't mean that you have to be vigilant here, vigilant there, vigilant everywhere, because nobody's got that kind of time all the time. And nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But but being active is being aware, right? right? So, hey, like, okay, can I read the school board minutes? Could I do that one time? Sure. Can I... Can I pick something that I can be active about in my community in, um, you know, picking my congressperson or or whatever? However you want to get active, it is a participatory event. Our republic is. And we have to get back to that. 
And that's part of holding these people to account. We don't do it, right? We'll hold everybody else's congress congressperson to account, but we won't do it. So I thought it was interesting that he was like, yeah, hold me to account. If I don't, if I don't live up, it's not about if these things don't get implemented, right? It is mm -hmm. if if I don't if I get a position and we agree upon these things and we don't do them, then hold us to account. Which was really cool about this situation because that's all I was trying to do with him on Twitter was like, okay, how are you going to do this given that you have the establishment against you, you have the Democrats against you, and every time the GOP gets power, they screw the pooch. Yeah, and so I, I just, you know, why? So I, you know, and then he was man enough to come on here and do that, do just that. And that's why I, I, I admire him for doing that. And I just, there, there aren't very many people that are willing to do that anymore, who are willing to take accountability for their ideas and really explain, this is how we're going to execute. This is what we're going to do for you, the people, the people that we are supposed to be representing. And now I find myself wanting to, even though he's not my representative anymore because I don't live in the district, I would much love to trade John Curtis for Chip Roy. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think we could all do with a, with a dose of that. So, um, you know, I think it's also interesting that he knew that you were in Utah. Yeah. I, like, yeah, he, he, he did his homework, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that about him. I love that he knows something about us as he prepared to be on this show. Somebody in his staff prepared him enough to know where he was going, what he was doing. He's not flying by the seat of his pants. So that was cool for me. Uh, but we got a ton to get to on this program. We still got our best of the week, uh, worst of the week, Friar. Richard of the week, we got a ton to get to on this program, Pat. So let's go ahead and do this. Um, let's start with your best story this week. Oh, my best story this week. Um, this one actually just because the reason I'm choosing this, by the way, I'm just going to preface it this way, is because it took me by just kind of a kind of a fun, pleasant surprise. Because I had no idea that, that he was actually doing anything like this. Um, but do you remember Randy Johnson? The pitcher, the guy who killed a bird. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Um, would it surprise you to know that he is a photographer now? No, it wouldn't surprise me because that dude was one weird bird, pun intended. Well, uh, apparently he's a photographer in the NFL. Really? In the NFL? Really? It really? Okay. There's There's pictures of him on the sidelines with the camera. I'm pretty sure you um, can't miss him on the sidelines. Well, yeah. So I just, I thought, I'm like, wow, that that's actually kind of cool. Um, I did not see that coming. Yeah. And, I mean, the dude has made hundreds of millions of dollars playing baseball, has no need to do that kind of work, and is doing it. That's pretty yeah, cool. That's yeah, pretty it's cool. pretty cool. All right. So. Um, my best story this week is actually something that we talked about on Thursday's show when we went into a deep dive on Steve Dace's kind of 10 commandments for fighting the spirit of the age or however you want to preface what he was talking about. But one of those was to just say no, basically, right? To be unafraid and be unapologetic about who you are and what you believe. You can't give in to the spirit of the age. And we have talked about getting used to different and being okay in your own skin is part of that, right? 
and being okay to be out about being for God, being for country, being for family, being for whatever you want to, you know, put into that principal category. Okay. We have three amazing examples of people in positions of power, mind you, positions of influence, positions of importance. Three different stories from three different parts of the country, mind you. A female, uh, a white man, and a black man all saying screw you to today's woke, bend the knee, bullcrap. And I'm going to start with um, somebody that we haven't had on the show yet, which I'm surprised by, but hopefully eventually we'll have him on the show. Um, this is Matt Walsh saying, no, no, you're trans ideology and you know just utter bs no i'm not bending the knee i'm just not doing it so here's my official answer for the record um kiss my ass i do not apologize in fact by all rights you sick freaks should be the ones apologizing to me for lying and defaming me and doing it all because I'm trying to prevent you from sexually mutilating children. You damned monsters. You child-abusing psychopaths. I wouldn't apologize to you soulless parasites if I had a gun to my head. Instead, I'd rather just tell you all to piss off. I apologize for nothing. I concede nothing. I will never surrender even a single inch of ground to a pitchfork mob of degenerate morons. You know, the secret they never say out loud is that nobody is truly canceled unless they consent to it and they willingly play their assigned roles. Well, I do not consent. And I'm not going to play the game. I'm not going anywhere. Doom! Damn. Yeah. That might be the greatest middle finger given to the spirit of the age walk culture in this year, if not ever. Yeah. If there's an award for um, courage on the conservative side of things, Matt Walsh has that in spades. Yeah, this year. Mm -hmm. I don't always agree with what he has to say or his tactics sometimes, but there's no doubt that man's got cojones. Yeah. And he means absolutely. what he says and he says what he means. Um, so yeah. I will respect that. Now, mm -hmm. um, that's just one example of this. What if I told you another example came from perhaps the most woke of all sports in America, the NFL. Uh, uh, I, I for, well, first of all, I disagree that it's the most woke league. I, I you got to put the NBA up, up first, I think. Yeah, you're probably right on that. Yeah, yeah, it, it, close second though. Um, yeah, go go for it. You, you, and Mike Tomlin are two of the few black head coaches in the league. I wonder what your relationship is like with them, and your thoughts on Steve Wilkes joining that fold. I have a very good relationship with Tomlin. Uh, we don't look at what color we are when we coach against each other. We just know each other. I have a lot of 
very good white friends that coach in this league as well. And I don't think it's a big deal as far as us being coaching against each other. I think it's normal. Wilkes got an opportunity to do a good job. Hopefully he does it. And we coach ball. We don't look at color. But you also understand that representation matters too, right? And that when young aspiring coaches or even football players, they see you guys, you know, they see someone that looks like them, maybe grew up like them. That has to mean something. Well, when you say you see you guys and look like them and grow up like them, it means that we're eyeballs to begin with. And I think the minute you guys start stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will as well. Doom! Okay. Thank you. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad that somebody is saying that because who cares what the color of your skin is? You're coaching a ball game. You're coaching a team. You're doing your job. If you're good at coaching, you deserve to be coaching. Clearly, Todd Bowles is pretty good at it. Now, granted, he's got a pretty good roster to, to back him up. Sure. He also has the greatest player to ever play the game, even though I can't stand the man. No, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, yes. I would argue he's not the greatest player to ever play the game. I'm going to make an okay, argument fair. for at least three other players. Okay, fair enough. But but my, my Barry point, Sanders. Okay. My point is, my point is this. That is that that may that, that when when I hear things like that and they're making it about the game, that makes me want to root for that team. That makes me want to watch that team because they care about the game. They don't care about anything else. They don't care about all the other stuff. They are there to do a job, and then it's to play a game. Now, did you notice that not one, the, 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 he shut it down in the first question, right? Right. Yeah. Shut it down. Mm -hmm. The woke white Karen decides to bring it back up and go, well, obviously, I mean, you just seriously have to know that representation matters. I mean, holy crap. How out of touch are you? Did you not just listen to this is the thing that bothers me about um, my old semi profession, right? Uh huh. I I've sat in press conferences. I've sat through media days. I have sat through. I am telling you, I'd rather watch paint dry 99% of the time <laughs> because that's how stupid most of these people are. Uh, can you tell me how the quarterback played today? What the hell? Ask a question that's going to get a direct answer, you morons. For instance, instead of asking, tell us how that quarterback performed today. Here's a here's another way of asking that question that's going to get a response, Pat, and it's very simple. We noticed, uh, you know, X Y Z about the quarterback today. Could you could you comment on? Could you comment on? Did you see the same thing? Did you see the same thing out of him? What was different uh, in this game that brought him success that he hadn't had in the past? You might get an answer that you can use. Or, or you go down the road of, like, if you watched the Baltimore Ravens this last weekend, mm -hmm. they went for it on fourth and two and threw it deep. Like, you, you, you had it on fourth and two, and you threw it deep. Why? Well, yeah, but, I mean, yeah. they asked some of those questions. But, 
Well, my point is, it's always like, can you talk about this? No. Right. Ask them a specific question. They'll give you right. a good answer nine times out of ten. They, they're not going to give you the stupid platitudes. when you If you ask stupid questions, you're going to get a stupid answer. That's what's going to happen in these press conferences. But more importantly, Todd Bowles literally looked at her and said, basically, sit your ass down and shut up. Right? Yeah, you, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. That's yeah. exactly what happened we, here. We don't see... I just told you, we don't see our skin color. We see two people coaching a, a, a football game. Mm-hmm. And and notice how ingrained that ideology is to the woke white Karen that, oh, no, 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 no. You, the black man standing up there, the audacity to ask that question, right? To be like, yep. um, obviously, you have to know that representation matters. Well, I think. You I know think what matters the- to that representation standpoint? Mm-hmm. Is him doing his freaking job at the highest level possible. Did I go, I want to be like Vince Lombardi one day because I'm white? No. I wanted no. to be like Vince freaking Lombardi because that man was a thing winner. Yeah. Todd Bowles becomes a winner. Mike Tomlin, I respect the living shit out of Mike Tomlin. Why? He is, and because he wins coaches. football games, right? Yeah. And he... I mean, the man hasn't had a losing season in years. And he's also a great representation of being a class individual while winning. I And as a Ravens fan, I hate the Steelers, but I do really respect Mike Tomlin. A lot. Yes, absolutely. You have to. Um, I respect the crap out of Mike McCarthy because I got to see who he is off the field, too. Right. And he's one of the he's a good man. Guess what? Things fell off the wagon here in Green Bay, right? My Packers, it fell off the wagon. It was time for him to go. Do I wish him ill? Hell no. Why would I? But I'm not done, Pat, because we still have a third representation. See see that callback? See that Mm -hmm. callback, Pat? Yeah. A representation of the, we ain't going to take it. Hell no. We're not going to take it anymore. Um, Just no. We're not playing your game. And yes, I did just use a Twisted Sister reference. And uh, D. Snyder, I dare you to sue me for it. Dare you. You absolute freaking hypocrite. But this comes from... uh, Literally, I just got done talking about how you could be involved in your school board. You could be involved in watching and being active and participatory, right? Well, guess what? Um... What has been going on in schools all throughout this country? The transification, if you will, of our young children, right? The sexual, the hypersexualization. This mama bear had done, had enough. I just want to know what it is uh, that makes a drag show family friendly. Because if you follow it to its logical conclusion, you can slap family friendly titles on anything. You can have family friendly gentlemen's clubs, family friendly strip shows, family friendly Fifty Shades of Grey read alouds. Will you approve my flyer if I want to host in all the sex secrets of the Kama Sutra for kids and families if it's family friendly? That's my question. Uh, What is it about a grown man? And I honestly, sincerely, as a woman, mean this. What is it about a grown man costumed in a sparkly bra with augmented boobs busting out a leather miniskirt barely covering his twerking ass with tuck tape on his front while spreading his fish netted legs as he writhes on the ground 
grinding his groin next to a minor, family friendly. You owe us an answer. And you know, you don't get to hide by just taking something down off Peachtree and calling it a day. You owe an explanation and an apology to problem with child porn, with sex trafficking, you, a little school district board of adults, made the decision to feature an event to hypersexualize young children. Do you want to know that the word that defines that? It's groomer. You all played the activist pimp for an aligned surgical center and for a 21 plus gay bar. It makes you groomers and activist pimps and we won't have those sitting on a school board who oversees the education of our children. You all stepped out of line. You should be ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing loving. No. There's nothing. Let's unite and include. Because the logical conclusion of that is you end up in diabolical evil. There are boundaries. And you don't slap family-friendly titles on stuff to cover your ass. Wow, that that went one, uh-huh. two. two. <laughs> Actually, I went the wrong finger. Damn it! <laughs> but, <it's> the... <laughs> um, but but still, you get my point. Like like all three of those in their own way did this mm-hmm. to the woke culture, mm-hmm. folks. I I. Use these examples and and bunch them together as my best story of the week because I want you to understand you have been told that you're alone. You have been told that if you think these things and believe these things and stand up and and are the counterculture, right? That you're alone, that you need to stay in your your home and you can't speak like this. I have experienced this in Chicago, right? Where there are times where Hey man, I'm not. I gotta watch my surroundings, right? I gotta watch where I'm at. But I have stopped caring quite a bit about that as I further and further gotten down the road of of where where I am, what I do. I I don't care. I don't care anymore. Your your ability to be offended by something that I say has no bearing on my life whatsoever. I'm sorry you're offended. It's on you. That's a you problem. That ain't a me yeah. problem, man. Now, if I did something to to be actually offensive and ag- aggressing against you personally, actually aggressing against you, if I were to call you personally an actual name that is derogatory, yeah, okay, you've got a right to be offended, and I should be apologizing for that. But I will not apologize for my principles and my values being at odds with you. That is a you problem. Just like you have told me, it's a me problem. You have to, I have to accept whoever you are for whatever freaking reason you want. No, no, I don't. There are reality. There is subjective reality that you live in. And I'm going to live over here in objective reality land. Okay. And I'm not apologizing for it done so i use these three examples to you to show you two people in a position of absolute power right 
Mm. Matt Walsh has one of the biggest platforms in all of conservative media. He has one of the biggest um, spotlights on him in conservative media right now, right? Mm. And he Mm. has got a big-ass bullseye on him. In fact, um, just last night, a masked group of Antifa individuals attempted to harm and harass him at an event in Houston. Now, the police's response to that was, Oh, so freaking hilarious. They are like, you know, that's not going to happen. And uh, they decided to take their asses out. Not just like, oh, gently escort them. Oh, hell no. You be gone. You don't even get in. And we're going to tackle you to the ground. And we're going to be aggressive against you. This was not your, uh, okay, let them speak. Let them do their thing. Nope, you don't even get in the room. Because they were going to physically attack Matt Walsh. So he has an actual price that he could be paying for this, right? Mm -hmm. A real, in real life, IRL, right? And he did that. He looked straight in the camera and did this to the woke culture. And I'm sorry if you're watching with your kids at home, but I hope you understand what the stakes are. I don't care if you're offended by that gesture or language that has been on this program as of late. I don't care about that because here's the reality. Somebody, these people in positions of power, if they're willing to do it, if Todd Bowles is willing to look at that Karen sports reporter, right? The Corona gal probably out in that crowd and say, screw you. Um, No, I don't subscribe and I'm not going to grant you your premise. Go to hell. You could do it too. If if a mama bear in Encina, California can stand up and literally call them groomers and talk about the the sexualization of children the way that she did, you can do that too. Stand up, say something, do something, be different. It's okay. Stop thinking that you're alone. You're not alone. These people tell you that. And with that, Pat, I think it is time for us. To go ahead and play the last edition of the beer, not the bee this week. Are you ready for that? Oh, I'm ready for it. Alrighty, hit me with the headline. With Tulsi Gabbard out as Democratic Party, or excuse me, with Tulsi Gabbard out of Democratic Party, title of hottest Democrat goes back to Nancy Pelosi. With Tulsi Gabbard out as Democratic uh, out of Democratic Party, title of hottest Democrat goes back to Nancy Pelosi. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. While you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks, if you haven't gone to coffeebrandcoffee.com yet, you really need to. It is our new sponsor on this program. Um, they've got all sorts of great stuff over there. And if you're not a coffee drinker like me, they've got um, tea options. They also have uh hot chocolate and stuff over there which i'm personally investing in um and that will be awesome for us come you know when the the weather starts getting cold because my wife really loves hot chocolate you know when it starts getting cold and usually take something you know to to school in the mornings for for that when it gets cold here so um i like a good hot, hot cup of hot chocolate in the mornings as well um so i'm investing that all you gotta do is go to coffeebrandcoffee.com use the promo code Critical thinking? Correct. Do I have that right? Critical thinking, you get 
Correct. 5% off. 5% off. 5% off of your purchase. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Use the promo code critical thinking. Get 5% off your purchase today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Headline one more time, please. With Tulsi Gabbard out of Democratic Party, title of hottest Democrat goes to back or goes back to Nancy Pelosi. I do not grant, grant your premise. Go to hell. I don't ever want to think about that. Um, you sick freaks at the Babylon Bee. This is the Bee. <laughs> this has to be. Because if the, if this was an actual not the Bee headline, would that not be AOC? Yeah, probably. Uh, I, I can't think of anyone else that... Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised. Well, well, I guess I can see why they did, because it's satirical, right? Right. But uh, you're right. This is the Babylon Bee. Um, they said this, and my the first thought I went through in my head when I saw this headline was, screw you, Babylon Bee, go to hell, and you suck, because this is not an image I ever want in my head, ever. Yeah, no thank you, go to hell. <laughs> Still funny as hell, though. <laughs> Let them eat ice cream, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, Pat, I got a quick question for you. Are you into caramel hot cocoa or, marshall, or marshmallow hot cocoa? Have you ever had either of them? Um, I've never had caramel hot cocoa. Are you and a marshmallow it, in your hot cocoa kind of guy? Yes, I've done, I've done plenty of that in my, in my time. Is it uh, the little is, ones or the big ones for you? Both, actually. I've done both before. Okay, which ones do you prefer? I think I prefer the smaller ones, personally. Just a little bit easier to drink. There's a joke in there, and I'm just not going to do it. Because I respect you, Pat. Okay. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. But um, I have a question. Is it caramel or caramel? I think in this case, it's, I think it's a use case. Right? So it's, it's a caramel, mm-hmm. but it's also a caramel, right? I use them kind of interchangeably. Yeah, that is I a use I'm, case thing. I, I'm I'm usually caramel personally. Um, I I don't, but I, I will say this: I don't really like caramel that much. What's next? You hate butterfingers? Yeah, I'm not a but. I don't like butterfingers either. Get off my show! You're fired. Oh no no! Uh, I thought you meant butterscotch. Sorry, no butterfingers. I like fine. Okay. Yeah, butterfingers. I like fine. Butterscotch. I do not. What? I don't like butterscotch. I'm look. I'm not an old grandpa. Okay. See, I, I, I oh yeah, the the terrible memories. Your little kitties with a little yeah. like Brock's. Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. The the, oh, yeah. the orange wrapper, and you're like, oh hell no. <laughs> one, one of one of the worst Halloween candies of all time, by the way. Yeah, next to candy corn by itself. Right. Candy corn by itself is a mistake. Candy corn with peanuts, though. You got the su- salt, the sweet and savory there. Okay, I would be willing. I've never had it with peanuts before. Do I it. would be willing to at least try it, but it. I, I still have mixed feelings about it. Now we're we're on uh, about fifty minutes here, Pat, and we still haven't gotten to worst stories of the week <laughs> or the rest of the fryer. Um, so we also haven't done Richard of the week. I think it is time for us to do so. Okay. All right, are you ready for this week's Richard of the Week nominees? Lay them on us. 
Well, we have, as usual, Vladimir Putin for his war crimes in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. 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 We have Joseph Marion Ned Biden in there as well uh, for his what I, I would personally call a quid pro quo situation with Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Where's the I impeachment can't think of anything more, uh, Dick, I mean, Richard, than uh, mm-hmm. make sure, hey, Saudi Arabia, wink, wink, make sure to artificially deflate the price of, of gasoline so that I can, wink, wink, win an election, and then go ahead and raise it. We'll, we'll play that game. Wink, wink. And Speaking then, of not playing that game, uh, Saudi Arabia said, uh, Hell no, go to hell. Yeah. Um, I can't believe this. Serial killer dad wrote to his daughter telling her that she looked fat. So In her wedding photo, by the way. That that would be, he he would be uh, one of the Richard of the Week nominees here. Um, And then uh, we have Devonta Adams um, for, what was it? It was Monday night's game. Mm-hmm. Monday night's football game, Raiders, Chiefs. Uh, he pushed the cameraman. He's been charged with a misdemeanor felony. Yeah, he got whip. The, the yeah. cameraman has apparently suffered whiplash, a concussion, um, mm. some other stuff. So, yeah, um, it, it yeah was you pretty don't hard get to push. do that. Yeah. You don't get to do that, man. That, yeah. Not how this, this wasn't an accident. This was intentional. Yo, it was. If you I mean, watch the video, it's clearly intentional. <laughs> yeah. We the cameraman did nothing. Cameraman didn't so. do anything to you, man. What the hell? Yep. Um. So, quid pro quo versus threatening nuclear war versus pushing a cameraman to the ground so hard that uh, you're now charged with assault, and um, serial killer who tells his daughter via letter that she looked fat in her wedding photograph is there anything more richer you are a freaking serial killer and you have the cojones to critique anything about your family so angry football player i mean we could have also thrown the waukesha killer in the mix too by the way yeah yeah you could Um, so so deciding uh, to desecrate and basically piss all over the uh graves of the people that he killed and trying to claim that there's no aggrieved or injured party. Do you see them in the courtroom? Yeah, no bleep, you moron. They're not in the courtroom because you killed them. That's where you're here. So we have angry football player, deranged psychopath serial killer dad, uh, warmongering uh, psychopath madman uh, world leader, and then dementia-ridden leader in a pert quote pro quid pro quo situation with a semi ally semi enemy frenemy situ- yeah fr- i fr- yeah frenemy <laughs> oh, we are going to hell man <laughs> i, I got to go with the serial killer dad is there anything more richer than telling your own daughter you look fat in her wedding dress what the absolute hell is wrong? You're a free. Also, who the hell are you to critique anybody on anything? You are in jail for, I don't know, being an absolute psychopath. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm willing to go with him just because we. I mean, Putin probably should win this, but 
Just who that? This is different. I'm going with this. Yeah. What the? <sighs> and with that, Pat, it is time for the fryer to get going. And with that glorious sound, that means it is time for us to first start with our worst stories of the week. Ready, set, go. Mr. Padoni. Okay, so with the whole Devonta Adams situation going on, the other thing I've been paying attention to is uh, what's going on in the NBA with Draymond Green. Uh, for those that haven't been following that story, Draymond Green um, punched a fellow teammate on the Golden State Warriors at a practice last week. Uh, Jordan Poole is the other player. Just like attacked him out of nowhere. Yeah, just flat out like like I it's ridiculous. Um you would think by the way that the NBA might do something about this? Nope. Nope. And I don't know what the rules are because the Golden State Warriors didn't do anything either. In fact, he's not getting suspended at all. practice, so I don't know if the NBA has any jurisdiction. That see that's where I don't know what the rules are. And I I was actually talking about this with a friend and um, I, I just pointed out, I'm like, I, I don't know what the rules are. There, there, there may not be anything the NBA can do because of certain sure, sure. Yep. scenarios, right? right, right. So, yep. um, and then somebody decided to comment on it and say, well, it's too bad that you don't actually uh, own the league now, do you? And I'm like, Great I don't comeback, know how bro. that makes sense, but yeah, it's whatever, bro. And then so he also commented because my friend called Draymond a thug, which I th- I think that's actually pretty. Oh, uh, he is. Flat out. At this point. I mean, what kind of what kind of a person just literally calls it off on somebody for no apparent reason? Like, I, I mean, maybe there were some subtle words being thrown between the two of them. But what in the absolute? I mean, I can't think of a more. I, I don't know of anyone that's more of a Richard than Draymond at this point, because I, he's a jerk to begin with. He does this at, on, on, to his own teammate for crying out loud. I don't know of another player that's done this in recent history. He's yeah, a bigger I mean, D bag well, than LeBron. A lot of the time, point. it doesn't leak out, right? I mean, there's fights all the time in practice. There's fights all oh, sure. the time, but not sure, to this sure. level. Not to that level. I mean, that's assault, bro. That's not how, even like a, you know, your typical. I'm gonna break it up in two seconds fight. He literally just he could have he could have killed them. Okay, yeah. let's be real about that. He could have killed them. If you're the Golden State Warriors, how do you not suspend this guy? In fact, forget suspension. How do you not kick him off the team? Now, it's funny you mentioned that because I, this is what I was going to bring up about this story. Because there's actually a story that happened with uh, my Wisconsin Badgers this week. Okay, Former five-star, number one offensive tackle in the class of 2017 or 2018, uh-huh. uh, Logan Brown. Okay, Former five-star guy. He... Came to Wisconsin, had a number of injuries, had a bunch of issues, hasn't been able to win a starting job. Okay. It's one of the greatest flops of all time, right? In terms of like, how the hell did they get it that wrong? <clears throat> now, it's partly again due to injuries and, and all this other stuff, circumstance, whatever. Um, right. Wednesday night, we get notification that uh, he has decided to transfer, right? Just transferring from the program. Okay, that's interesting. And staying instead of staying and fighting for a starting job again. Now, to be fair to him, he lost a starting job in a battle to a redshirt freshman uh, for the right tackle job, and then proceeded to also, when that right tackle went down, lose the other uh, battle for that starting job to a redshirt sophomore. <laughs> 
So I it in theory you would say, okay, I can get why he's transferring, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I I totally understand that. Now for the rest of the story. It turns out, uh, no, he decided to um, how shall we say this? Um, there was a physical incident involving him at practice on Wednesday. Gee. And less than four hours later, he comes out and decides to tell the world that he's transferring from Wisconsin. At Thursday's press conference, now interim, soon to be just the head coach, Jim Leonard, uh, decided to let the entire world go know that, uh, no, no, he didn't decide on his own to transfer. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this worked. He was a bad, bad boy, and we dismissed him from the team immediately. That's what happened. That's how bad whatever the hell that incident was, was. You don't pass go. You do not collect $200. You certainly don't get your starting job that you wanted. And in fact, you get the hell off my team. I I, I don't I don't see how you don't do the same thing with Draymond Green. That's I really don't. Point, right? Uh, yeah. How do you same? It's basically apples and apples, right? You, you attacked or there was a physical issue between yourself and another teammate. And it mm. wasn't a typical, you know, heated situation. You just haul off and uh, uh, attacked a teammate. You can't do yeah. that. Go to hell. Get off of my court. Somebody tried to play the race card on this whole on this conversation How? too. Steve Kerr ridiculous. is as woke as they get. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr is, I would argue, as woke if not woker or more woke than. Um, Greg Popovich, for crying out loud. Well, and for Pete's sakes, this is San Francisco. All right. Now, we still so, got a lot to get to uh, in the fryer. So I got my worst story of the week, and it, this one uh, has got some video to it. Soldiers of campaign learned to scale rock, ski, and survive, preparing for the war they were about to fight. The pivotal moment came, as the senator pointed out, in February 1945. Surprise Allied attack in the mountains in Italy. Imagine. It's pitch black, punishing cold, the mission high in the mountains that hinged on the skill, strength, and stamina that could have only been gained in a place like this. They're more than ready. They were more than ready that day and since then. American soldiers in the 10th Mountain Division scaled that 1,800-foot cliff at night, caught the Germans by surprise, captured, captured key positions, and broke through the German defense line at a pivotal point in the war. Just imagine, I mean it sincerely, I say this as a father of a man who won the Broad Star, the Conspicuous Service Medal, and lost his life in Iraq. Imagine the courage, the daring, and the genuine... The President of the United States did not lose his son to the war in Iraq. Like, not at all, Pat. It was cancer. And it was eight years after... He served for like one cup of coffee in Iraq. Now, so I have made this contention that I understand if short term memory is gone, right? Mm. I really do, because th- that is usually the first thing that goes when dementia or um, dementia via Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or whatever the hell is actually going on happens right they can't remember what they did 10 minutes ago but they can remember what happened 10 15 20 years ago right like that that's it it for them it becomes yesterday right right 
We have a president who can't even get that story straight now. He is so dementia riddled that he can't even do that. And we're going to entrust him. This is why this is the worst story of the week, folks. He can't even remember how his own son passed away and when. He thinks he passed away in war, folks. He is literally in La La Land. He doesn't know reality at all. He has no clue where he's at, what he's doing. In fact, if you asked him what was in his head, like where he thought he was in that moment, he would probably tell you somewhere else. And we're supposed to trust that to, you know, in a case of we're about to go to nuclear war. This is, I swear to God, we deserve every bit of what we've gotten here. Every bit of it. Because we are that stupid as a society. And we're going to be that stupid to elect John Fetterman to the, the Senate in Pennsylvania. I hate Mehmet Oz. I think he's an awful, awful human being. But John Fetterman is literally incapable of putting a sentence together. He is literally incapable of it because of a disease, right? Or not, well, because of a stroke, right? He, he is incapable of doing this because of something that happened to him. It's awful. It's terrible. It's horrible. I can sympathize with that, but I can also say you don't belong in a position of power. You don't. What but, the hell? But, 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 but Andrew, um, 81 million people voted for the president. Go to hell. Do we have anything else that needs to go to the fryer? Uh, I mean. Because I'm kind of done. I, I, I really feel like we just covered the absolute worst of the week right there. Between sports and politics, I think we're good. All right. So then give me your final thoughts, Pat. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And on a very serious note, folks, if there's anything that you should take away from today's show, you are not alone. There are plenty of people out there that we can unite with, have form fellowships with. We can make big changes in this country. We can take this country back. We may be a, a minority. Minorities a minority. uh, had a What's funny a way of changing the world. Mm -hmm. Funny way of doing that throughout history. And with that, yep. folks, please be smart, be safe, be kind, have yourselves a great weekend, and as always, Matthew 547, and go Pack Go this weekend as I cheer them on at Lambeau Field. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.